Hello! Welcome back to the show after a very, very long summer break. I am so happy to be back here with you ladies. I honestly didn't know what I was going to do with the podcast when I got back. I left my last episode was kind of like a season finale, um, talking about my trip a lot, what I was fearing and all that. So now I want to welcome everybody back, old friends, new friends, introduce myself yet again, recap my trip, talk about the things that I was afraid of last time, looking forward to the trip and what I learned and how I'm going to move forward. So this is going to be a very personal episode, not really talking or giving you tips and tricks about real estate but talking about what is next. So I'm very excited and a lot to share today on the podcast. So let's get into it. First of all, you'll notice that the podcast got a facelift. The cover art of the podcast, I'm obsessed with it. I had a photo shoot a few months ago and this is what we came up with. And the podcast cover is everything that a real estate queen should be. So that has gotten facelift, and I feel like I myself in my business have gotten a facelift. I just completely, from what I used to be when I started the podcast to where I am now, is definitely on a different level of being a real estate agent here in San Francisco. Okay, Um, so let's just dive into the trip. Let's go into the trip first. I was gone for two months Two months I was gone and really, really happy about it. I wanted to be gone for that amount of time because there was kind of something inside me that really, really wanted to live in Europe, although I didn't really know what that meant living in Europe. I don't think a lot of people do when they fantasize and dream and say, oh, I want to live in Europe. They don't know what that means. I had no idea what that meant. So in 2020, my husband and I decided I want to spend a year in Europe. COVID hit. Shit. We had to stay home. Then the economy was terrible and we couldn't really afford to be there for a year. And finally, we settled on two months. I did. I was really adamant about it. I was like, I have to go to Europe for three months and this is what's happening. So we settled on it. And so we did Italy for two months and it was crazy. So let me break down all of the towns that we went to. First, my husband went to Israel because he's from there, family's there. He was there for a couple weeks and then I met him. So we started in Israel and then Rome. Rome was amazing, very hot, lots of people. Felt like I was fighting for my life walking down the street because of the amount of tourists, the amount of people, and the heat. The heat made everything harder, tougher on your body, and lots of people because it was the summertime. So first we went to Rome. We did a lot of the things that you do when you're in Rome. Then we rented a car and drove to Chianti because my husband's friend was getting married in a villa, a winery in Chianti. And so we all stayed in this villa for the like four days. 
And it was really good for them because they were best friends from childhood. So it was so fun for them. It was like summer camp to stay there. We had the wedding there. We were there all day also and all night. And we went to sleep and woke up together and had breakfast. It was really, really lovely. Chianti is magical as well. Um, Tuscany is magical. We After the wedding, we drove to Florence, which is another area in Tuscany. Florence is a wonderful city. Just epic so so beautiful highly recommend like you will never see anything like florence just so amazing you know just gorgeous one of my favorite things other than being in the city obviously was we drove a little bit out of the center and we stumbled into the four seasons and the estate there is insane so we had drinks on the patio and it was like a dream literally amazing explored more of Tuscany, had some tours. Then we stopped with Italy. We took our car. We drove to the French Riviera. Now from Tuscany to Cannes, or we stayed in Nice, is a long drive. So we stopped in many towns on the way. We stopped along the Italian Riviera. We stopped in San Remo, Stayed the night in San Remo, gorgeous, amazing little town on the coast. We stopped in Genoa. We stopped in a couple of other Pisa, super crowded. Would never, ever recommend. Never. No, would not recommend. But that the beauty of it is driving in a car, driving on the freeway, seeing the towns, going to little towns, stopping wherever you'd like. It was just beautiful. The, the drive from Tuscany to the French Riviera, to the south of France. So we stayed in the south of France in an Airbnb in Nice. And we explored Cannes one day. The next day, we explored Saint-Tropez and all the small towns around Saint-Tropez. My, I loved being in the south of France. It was definitely, definitely a different vibe than being in Italy. Saint-Tropez, obviously, is a dream. Beautiful, amazing little towns. And the towns around it actually have a lot of wineries and a lot of chateaus and just a lot of beauty around those towns. So we loved it. We stayed there for like five days and there was bakeries and beautiful restaurants and just the beauty in the streets, all the fountains and the statues and the palaces and the streets and cafes, just gorgeous. I loved France. Then after our time in France, we drove to... Cinque Terre. Cinque Terre, (laughs) I'm saying it like an Italian, is five coastal towns along the Italian Riviera. They used to be fishermen towns back in the day, and now they're just so gorgeous that they're very touristy. But we didn't stay in the towns there in the five villages because it's impossible. We stayed like a little train ride away in, in a town called La Spezia. Worst town, would never recommend anyone to stay there, but we stayed there. The Airbnbs are hideous. They're ugly. I felt very scared and disgusting. And the town, everybody was saying the town was ugly. All the Italians were saying it's the worst town because it's newer. And I think it was just built for tourists, but it, it's it's kind of poor. And, you know, it feels that way. You can feel it. You feel the unsafety. You feel everything. Plus, teenagers a lot of teenagers there but the way they dress i don't know how teenagers dress these days like 
really revealing butt cheeks out boobs out i'm like you're 16 what the you know no anyway Cinque Terre was amazing, and that's where we had our first beach days in Rio Maggiore, one of the towns. And, you know, it was magical. We were turning the north part of the trip, the towns exploring cars, cities, into beach vibes. So just being on the beach all day just made me so happy, so happy. And it was hot, and the ocean was lovely, and it was lovely. Then next, we went to Milan. Not a fan. I would not recommend, but that's where we went. We went to Milan. And then we took a car and we drove to Lake Como. Would highly recommend. Lake Como is but a dream. It's so gorgeous. Rented a boat on the lake one day and drove around. That is a must. And then there's a lot of little towns you drive to on a ferry. Like Bellagio is a cute little town. And what is it? Verona is another little town. And there's a lot of little towns that you drive to on a ferry. The only thing in Lake Como is that it's crazy expensive and you do not get a lot. Like unless you're paying $3,000 a night for a hotel, you are living like a peasant in bug infested, moist and mold infested hotels for $1,000 a night. It was honestly just so ridiculous and made me very upset and I had a really bad taste in my mouth because they are just exploiting people. Why is not the $1,000 a night hotel nicer? Can you clean the carpets or get rid of the carpets? Can you remodel? Can the beds not be disgusting? Can there not be bugs everywhere? Like it was just a disgrace and I hated that part of it. But like Como itself is a dream. Then we flew to Sicily and we stayed in a town close to Palermo. We had a car and we drove all around Sicily. Honestly, we went to Terramina, we went to Nixos, we went to a lot of different towns and Sicily is definitely a different vibe than the rest of Italy. It's a bit more rundown, rural, but you know, beautiful. It was very, very hot, very, very crowded, (laughs) but you know, Everything is an experience. We swam a lot. We drove a lot, spent a lot of time together, but it was definitely difficult to find some nicer places and nice places to walk, especially the first day we got there. We like didn't know what to do. And also I must say, Sicily and all of Italy in general was very kid-friendly, too kid-friendly for me. I'm a person that does not have any kids by choice, 34 years old, and I honestly don't want to see kids on my vacation. I don't want to hear them screaming and yelling and talking and playing and splashing and swimming. I don't want to see them. And there was just an overabundance of children, especially in our hotel in Sicily. It was really, really uncomfortable at times. And I understand that I chose to go in the summertime and that's my mistake. Never, never again. But Sicily, you should know that it's overrun with children, especially in the summertime. And they don't think twice about it. For example, one of our hotels had like four pools. All of them were overrun by children. Overrun. There was no place for quiet. So I went to the front desk and I asked them, where are the adults supposed to go? Where's the adult only section? And the way they looked at me, they're like, what are you talking about? We don't have that. 
And I'm like, you have four pools. They're all for kids. Where's the adult section? They just didn't get it. And we're like, do you want to speak to a manager? And I'm like, no. So that part of Italy really rubbed me the wrong way also. But, you know, it's not all of Italy. I did go out of my way to really, really look up adult-only places, which brings me to Capri is where we went next. Capri is a beautiful island in the south. You can get there by flying to Naples and taking a ferry to Capri. And there's essentially two towns. There's Capri, and then up the mountain, there's Anna Capri. We stayed in Anna Capri. Cars are not allowed unless you live there. We had a Vespa. Really, really great. And there I found an adult-only hotel, and we went there for the day to have lunch and swim in the pool. And when I tell you it was heaven, finally a breath of fresh air, just amazing. I could have stayed there all day, which we did. It was amazing. And you know, when I say adult only, I mean 14 and up was their range. Adult only here means 18 and up, but I was happy for anything. But Capri and Anna Capri was great. We did take a boat ride around the island and I felt like that just was not worth it. That was not worth it. It was very choppy and windy and super crowded. And, you know, I just didn't really like that very much. Super crowded, but Anika Pru was great. We stayed in a cute little tiny boutique hotel called Il Garasol. I think that means sunflower. It was in the same family for so many years. Like the guy who works there, his parents bought it. It was just very nice experience. And after Capri, we took a ferry to Positano. Positano does great marketing for itself. Every picture, every video you see of Positano on Instagram, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I need the name of its marketing manager, honestly. It's gorgeous. I don't get me wrong. It's gorgeous. But the gorgeous, it's in the pictures and on Instagram, that gorgeous isn't there. It's super, super hilly. How do I explain this? Like, you get off the ferry and you have to climb steps to get to every single hotel. Also, minimal amount of cars. No cars, basically. Steps. To, you have to, with your bags, I mean, we did it with our bags. We hired people to carry our bags to our hotel, but I saw tons of people carrying their luggage on the cobblestone streets, up the hills, up the stairs, drenched in sweat. That's Positano for you guys. The sizes of the hotels are small, also charge an arm and a leg. The beaches are overcrowded. But we found an adult-only beach club, which we went to two times since we were there. Gorgeous, amazing, amazing. Just really, really good. But a little bit lacking nightlife, a little bit lacking things to do. I'm not talking about I need to go to a club, but I'm talking about like, is there live music? Is there you know, something to do in the evening, somewhere to walk. Also, it's not very walk friendly because it's just too hilly. You can walk a little bit, 10 minutes, and then that's it. Plus, it's super hot. So one of the days we took a car to another town called Amalfi and had a beautiful dinner. 
one evening we had our Vespa and we just explored the island and found a really authentic, cool little restaurant. So highly recommend Vespas and just swim every day. There's nothing else to do. One day we rented a boat, private boat, just the two of us and took it all day to private beaches. You know, it was lovely. You just have to know what to do. You can't, you cannot arrive in Italy, especially islands, and not have an itinerary and not have everything planned out. Otherwise, you won't get anywhere or know or do research of where to go. Then we went to Naples, Napoli. We had no plans but to stay there for four days. As soon as we got there, I'm like, what the hell am I going to do here for four days? It is like an oven. You cannot walk around all day. It's very dirty. It's beautiful, but very dirty. Lots of graffiti everywhere. Lots of bad areas. We had a private tour one day who drove us around for many hours to some to all of the areas. Lovely areas, nice areas, bad areas, everything. Told us all about everything. That was one day. And so we decided to take a ferry to another island called Ischia. And we spent two days in Ischia just swimming. Lovely, lovely, lovely. That's really what I wanted. I don't want to be hot and walking in a city. I tried to go to the a museum in Naples one day to escape the heat. They don't have air conditioning in the museums. Can you imagine everyone is sweaty, smelling like B.O.? It's humid and hot in a museum. Beyond me. So that's why we went to Ischia and had a lovely time swimming in the islands. So I had a lot of swimming time, a lot of ocean and pool time. Uh, Sicily, Capri, Positano, and Ischia. Just amazing. So that takes me to about a month and a half of our trip. Then we took a flight and we flew to Amsterdam. Amsterdam is a dream. I immediately fell in love with the Netherlands. Now, I was I asked the front desk lady at our hotel, what is the difference between Holland and the Netherlands? And she was telling me that native people that are born and bred there refer to the Netherlands and they don't want to refer it to Holland. Holland is old. So it's the Netherlands. So we were in Amsterdam for a couple days. Then we took a car and our ultimate destination was Maastricht, another town in the Netherlands for the Andrew Rue concert. And on the way, we stopped in, I'm sorry if I'm going to butcher these town names, Utrecht and Hertalkenbosch. Every town we stopped in was a dream, just more beautiful than the rest. And the food in the Netherlands, they are on it. It was amazing. Then after the concert, Andrew Rue is a beautiful, beautiful classical music composer. It was an outside concert. He does it every year in his hometown of Maastricht. You should look it up. Then we went back to Israel for a few days, which was lovely to see the family, have good family dinners, just really nice. We were in Tel Aviv the whole time. And then we flew back home to San Francisco. And when I tell you I was so ready and happy to be back in San Francisco is an understatement. I was so ready. I have never taken a trip of this length, two months, and I felt like I was just brain dead because every day would just be like exploring, no work to be done, beach days 
I mean, I there was times where I'm like, I don't know what to do. I was looking at TikTok way too much because many times I was just like had a lot of downtime. And how many books can you read? So that was really good. And just it was really, really necessary for me to get out of my routine. I was, you know, we were all stuck at home during the COVID era. I still can't believe that happened to us for more or less three years. This was my first real, real trip. And I felt like a bull in a, in a china shop, like somebody let go of the cage and I just ran. And this two months was kind of a response to being held back in America, in San Francisco, in my home for two years and struggling to get back into normal society. Like when things were back to normal and we're out in the world again, our businesses completely changed. It was really hard. A lot of us had to pivot and we were all struggling with money. I mean, the struggle was real in the wake of all of that. So we all have a little trauma. So this trip was just my need to breathe. And breathe is what I did. And I feel so much better. I feel like I can relax now and I'm back home and I'm happy and I want my routine and I'm back to settle and I'm looking forward to the new chapter. So with that said, when I was in Italy, I have I have a team here in San Francisco that we, we do my real estate business. I have a team. So I closed three transactions while I was gone. And I have like three more buyers out there looking. And I can only do that with the help of a team, with delegation. I don't always rely on these team members when I'm here in San Francisco because I work full time with my clients. But when I'm traveling, I have my team members are other amazing women realtors. We work together tandemly with my clients. So that was really good. That was just lovely. I was a little bit worried about that, but everything went swimmingly. I'm in touch with all those clients, closed three deals, just killed it. And I had some great ideas for the podcast too. So I'm going to start a series called Selling San Francisco. And it's going to be the real behind the scenes truth, what it's really like to buy and sell in San Francisco. It's not going to be the fake shit you see on TV, which has, they show you an open house for five minutes and they show you on a phone call, fake negotiating an offer, and that's it. I'm going to be talking about the real stories that I've had to deal with that you would never know about San Francisco. So some episodes will be selling San Francisco, some episodes will be buying San Francisco. So that is really exciting that I'm going to be starting that next week alongside with regular scheduled programming. have a lot of fun episodes for you guys coming through the end of December every other week. So that was the recap of my trip. If you subscribe to the newsletter, you're also going to get an email with a lot of pictures of my trip. I shared some pictures on Instagram, but this is going to be just like for my inner circle who has the newsletter. And I'm really excited to be back, really happy to be back. I would love, love, love to turn this into a live situation, maybe have a live podcast recording one day. I'm going to be giving some 
for lack of a better, sexier term, some home buyer workshops, some seller workshops. So if you want to stay in the know and stay tuned about San Francisco real estate, what I'll be doing here, then you need to subscribe to the newsletter, obviously. And you can do that on Instagram. And also, if I know that anyone's interested, I'll do more. So please rate or reach out to me. Anyways, I love you all. So, so happy to be back. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.